0: Hey, is uh, is this thing on? Hello? Okay. Well, my name is Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs and I am the host of As I Was Saying Podcast. Consider me your best friend that's not just going to let you sit there and think problematic thoughts. So sit back, relax, make sure you're following us on Instagram, As I Was Saying Podcast. Follow me, she will speak. And let's get it popping on this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of As I Was Saying Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I just want you to know that I love speaking with people. I love interviewing people and I keep a very sharp schedule on when my interviews are going to come out, XYZ. But as much as it hurts to even have to be doing this conversation in light of everything that is happening, I know what is needed because I am disgusted and heartbroken and upset and depressed and furious about all the black bodies that have been killed. And we are just finding out about it. And I'm more upset of the fact that this keeps happening. And I'm upset at the bodies that we don't even know about. And I'm upset at the loved ones that will never understand what happened. And I'm just, I'm just upset. So before we even get started in this episode, I would like to take um, a moment of silence and remembrance to the lives that were lost that we have been hearing about this week. And that would be Nina... Pop, Brianna Taylor, Maud Avery, and Sean Reed. And I would like to take another moment to remember those names of folks that were lost in our personal lives, that were lost, that we never get to hear about, those lost in our past who, to this day, justice is so close to them. But yet it seems so far away because of a system that refuses, refuses to support and uplift Black lives. So just due to everything that I am feeling, I cannot go so far in depth up to what happened to everyone and all of these people, these beautiful, beautiful lives this week that I've been hearing about or over these past few weeks. But what I will say is that we need to have these, we need to start having real conversations. And I actually created like three points that I would just like to make on this episode regarding, you know, the issue of racism and the issue of the constant manslaughter of Black lives. So like I said, there are three points and, you know, all, a lot of these points I've actually will be quoting a bunch of people, but I think it's really, it's really something that needs to happen so point number one like my girl rihanna said we need to start pulling up i feel that i have so many people that i personally know that i'm friends with on social media who are okay with maybe posting or maybe doing the hashtag or doing these things when it's convenient and when i mean convenient i mean you know when ahmaud Avery. Or Brianna Taylor started trending on social media. That is when it became okay, you know, to bring that to light. However, for a few weeks beforehand, and I know especially with Ahmad, um, Ahmad, to those who knew him very personally. Me and some people I personally knew were already doing some work and helping to bring this to life because we have already heard about this. And yes, granted, because of the way the media works, not everyone has access to knowing what happens where. But for some people, especially people who are not Black, I feel that... The participation in these conversations comes when it's like, okay, we're going to do this cool hashtag, these cool images, these things, and that's great. I'm happy that we're doing that. But then it's time to pull up. So it's time to call, you know, the offices. It's time to call the DA. It's time to write letters, write those emails, and it's time to take that action a step further. Also, stop being afraid um, I know that I should not be afraid of this angry black woman stereotype that people always give to black women when we're passionate. However, I like to consider myself to be someone who likes to converse, who likes to have conversations, who likes to understand where people are coming from, and who likes to empower them when it comes to taking action. But. Over these past few days, to be completely honest, like I said, my emotions have been high. I saw on Facebook someone I was friends with posted like a whole, I guess you can say, like monologue about how afraid they were to share a post about a mod and about calling out racism and white supremacy within white people. And as, you know, happy, I guess, as I am that they shared this again on social media, you know, I messaged the person because recognizing that my emotions were at all-time high and I really took a step back because I'm just like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this on social media because who knows? in two hours from now, I might not feel that way. I waited the two hours. I was still kind of like, we should post it. And I, you know, just told the person, listen, like, post it don't apologize for calling out white supremacy why are you apologizing for calling out white supremacy why are you apologizing for calling out institutional racism why are you apologizing to these people that you're friends with because you're going to upset them because you're going to bring up the feelings and the facts that they are in fact racist and I think especially to The white people that are listening to this podcast right now, you know, the white people who enjoy or learn or whatever feelings you get from hearing me speak, stop apologizing. Stop trying to make the racist in your lives comfortable. That is a big part of the issue. I've seen, like I said, so many people almost afraid to have these conversations when there are people like myself who are afraid to go outside of our door. Like you're afraid To tell somebody what they're doing is racist and problematic and they are the reason why these lives do not matter. And it's almost like, hey, well, give us an excuse for not having these conversations. The time for that is done. There's no excuses. And as much as I've heard this quote when I was younger, I never believed it. But I do. If you're not with it, you're against it. You know, if you're not, you know, here, like I supported, I'm going to talk, I'm going to do in my route the way I can, you know, do to support, then we're not about it. Like I said, I'm a poet. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a poet. One of the biggest forms of my activism is through art. And the reason why I feel that way is because sometimes, and I know it's going to sound crazy for people to hear, I don't consider myself... very you know well-spoken person especially when i'm passionate about a topic because i know as i said i get very intense emotions however when i write things down and it comes out of me in the form of poetry i know i could break boundaries that way and my words are able to bring me to different levels to where i can speak to da's i can speak to these organizations doing the work i can offer my services so whatever that platform is for you it's for you. So that's also something. I'm not saying, you know, to take a, a poli side class and, and try to go, get in there. What I'm saying is whatever your avenue is, we're going to start taking those avenues. To my people who are, you know, in my brown communities, it is time to start acknowledging the anti-blackness because I have a shirt that says it and it is true. Everybody wants to be black when it's trending. There are so many people... Who you know, we have this lineage and this African diaspora, but yet when it comes to black people in America, African American community, it seems that when we look up, no one's there. Although, as my girl um, Lindsay Granger said, she her video, I don't know if you have all seen it, but I encourage you, I don't even know if it's on her page, um, but it's Lindsay Granger TV on IG. She was doing, I guess, a newscast and she said, you know, when it's time for the Muslim band, when it's time for, you know, the LGBTQA plus community, when it's time, you know, for women's women's rights conversations, when it's time for all these conversations, all these movements, all these, you know, communities that need support, Black people are right there. The African American community is right there. We are rallying, we are marching, we are posting, we're doing poems, we're doing art, we're doing the flyers. But yeah, when something happens to us, it's almost like a delay and it's like, everybody needs the facts, which is another thing that I've saw. It's everyone just, you know, for example, when it came to Breonna Taylor, I unfortunately saw so many people asking like, well, how do we know it was just, it was a race thing. And it's like the fact that when there are issues in our community, it's not met with the same energy that we give other people. And that is very disheartening when we are at war, and yes, I'm going to use the language of war because when people are afraid to go for walks and jogs in their community, I've actually been, I've, I have a lot of um, black folks that I am close with, black folks in different areas. I spoke to a couple of black men who literally changed the way that they did their runs because they didn't want to be in a situation where they ended up getting gunned down in their neighborhood. And you're nervous of What speaking up against an issue that is apparent because you don't want someone on Facebook to be like What are the facts? Is this true? When people literally every single day are shifting their lives to save their life and that's not fair Um, The second big point I want to make in this is Police so I've had a conversation with a few people in my life I have people who are in law enforcement in my personal life, in my family, in my circle of friends, all of that. And a lot of things that I always hear is being said of, you know, there are good cops. they are good cops. There are good cops. they are good people in law enforcement, blah, 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 blah. Then this is my call to action. I need those good cops to say something. Or are we afraid of our our job and our employment? Because I'm getting very tired of always hearing about all these good people doing work. And when I talk about good people doing work, I'm not talking about, you know, giving food to the community, which is what is important. That's not what I'm saying. Anyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm that person. I serve. I love working with my job. Prior was working with the adolescent homeless population. I'm not talking about that work. I'm talking about doing the work to end the institutional racism in our law enforcement. What work are our good police officers doing to do that? What work, so when you see these things happen and your reply is, well, they're good cops and great, and you are in law enforcement, then what are you and your force, what conversations are you having? What workshops are you going to? How are you checking your own coworkers? You know, how are you? Are you penalizing them? Are you bringing up the fact that, you know, they have a bias against black and brown people? What are you doing in your own, you know, work life, in your daily life? And we need to stop this whole blue lives versus black lives thing. It's not a verse. And the fact that people really do think that Black Lives Matter is almost like a attack on blue lives is a problem. And to go deeper into the fact, because I don't think people have a good understanding sometimes on police brutality and the issues as far as why, even when police act in a, in a way that sometimes people are like, well, it seems like this was a reasonable action. Why are we mad at this? It's because when it comes to people who are white? It's it's not taken the same. It is not taken the same. Some of these actions, like I said, I'm this video is being aired during the coronavirus pandemic, and we have seen plenty of video footage and images to show you that the way that they are dealing with the black and brown community, especially the black community and the white community, when it comes to policing and doing the work, are two different ways of going about the situation example of you know a good cop what are you doing to 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 call out the fact that hey y'all are over here literally beating black people who just stuffed outside their house but giving masks to white people over here what are you doing what conversations are you having who are you calling to action what supervisors are you holding you know accountable please let me know so when you start having those conversations third point i would like to make so I follow on Instagram, it is iHar Erica, and that is E-R-I-C-K-A. Erica, they are amazing. Like them and their partner Eb, Amazing. I'm saving up my coins to go to the workshop that um she runs. And Erica said something, which is why I'm putting this at the last point that really opened up my eyes a little bit more because I would like to say that even when you are doing this work, it is important to realize that you are always learning. You know, you are always opening up your eyes. You are always learning different avenues, conversations, different intersects. Actually, I got a book um, that Erica posted. It's Algorithms of Oppression, basically talking about how search engines continue, you know, the racial ideologies and racism. And I was just like, oh, kind of like when people tell you, search unprofessional hair on Google and pictures of black women come up or when you search three teens you know it's all um you know white kids happy go lucky but when you search like three black teens it's mugshot and even now like when you search it like i think they get away with it because they tried to put like the actual results of the sh- of the study in the search results but if you like google like a group of teens It really is just like happy white kids, and as soon as you do like a group of black people or group of anything or group of any minority group, it's somehow like this bad photo. So that's true. But getting back to the main point, Erica posted something that resonated with me a lot. She first gave you know the moment to recognize like, hey, and this was I believe if I'm not mistaken after a mod. So this was um once everyone found out about mod. And Erica said that it is unfortunate that we lost this life. It is unfortunate that these things continue to happen. And it is unfortunate that, you know, this system is still killing, you know, our, our people, especially our young people. But then Erica said this. And it was a slide, sliding post. It was, but we need to make sure we are doing the work to not have these things happen. Because once somebody is dead, it is too late. And at this point, I'm like, oh, please, Erica, educate me. Let me know what conversations I need to be having and what conversations I might be missing. Many of us, when someone is killed, we start to talk and we start trying to have these conversations. And Erica posted literally, it was like, going back to homegirl and her um her boyfriend that said the N-word on their TikTok. When we think those videos are funny, and when TikTok lets it show, and when we try to give them passes, you know, that was mentioned. When these school educators are failing students because of their bias towards Black people, that's in this conversation. When you see people, you know, uh Park, what was it, Park Patty... And all these white women calling the cops on black people and then crying, which, you know, that's a whole different conversation. I might have a a, a podcast episode about how white tears literally kill black lives. So she listed all of these different things. You know, the, the one friend that won't acknowledge the racism, won't call it out the dinner table, all these things, right? And what she said was, all of these things stack up on each other. And they tell people that we don't matter. And I feel like as much as I knew all of it linked together, you know, all of that stuff is combined. I think seeing the way that she wrote it, we do need to be having these conversations constantly. And I feel so many people are always like, oh, my God, everyone wants to have the race convo. Not everything's about race, but it is. Because with every building block of every person that calls the cops on, you know, someone black when they're out just living their life, every person that just says someone black is stealing, every person that follows, every person that, you know, even if they don't kill someone, the police officer that brutally beats somebody, every time a school, you know, a teacher says a racist comment, anytime any of these things happen, you are creating this narrative that... Our lives don't matter. And then when these people come along who already had these ideologies and our country and world's narrative is that our lives don't matter, it's like, of course, they would think our life was just so easy to take away. And I think for me, after hearing that, and my personal call to action after hearing, hearing that, was to not back down from these conversations at all. At all, I had someone call me racist, me and my friend, because of a picture I posted, um, which was this space will not be silenced by white entitlement. And seeing the fact that someone got so upset of me calling out the fact that white entitlement and feeling like I have a place to speak over you and your words don't matter is the problem. I made a post the other day. About the fact that us as black people, we need to stop being used as just trauma porn. We really do. Me and my girl Astrid, we talk about this often. We're both writers. We both are on the journey to writing novels, right? Why is it that when we look at books, when we watch movies... We can never just have a coming-of-age story. And especially for me, coming-of-age stories, you know, the young adult novels, To All the Boys I Loved Before, I love those type of movies. I love those type of books. Don't judge me. I'm a hopeless romantic. But why is it that when people that look like us have love stories, somebody has to be on drugs, somebody has to die, somebody has to be in gangs, someone has to get raped, someone... Like, it's just so much trauma so much pain and our lives aren't only pain they're not our lives are beautiful and our lives deserve to be lived out to the fullest so my call to action is to have these conversations my call to action for myself is to continue to put out our good stories let's continue to be our authentic and amazing selves and change these narratives you know for myself i'm a writer That's why I write what I write and I try to continue to write stories that I want to see because if I write the stories that I I know we need to be able to read, they will shift the narrative. It is the same when it comes to, which everyone knows I'm a big advocate and big worker for, ending sexual violence. People want to change the courts and yes, we need to change the courts, but we also need to change the social narrative of rape and sexual violence because people don't even think... It's an issue, and don't even get me started on Betsy's new regulations. And if we have regulations that basically favor the abuser and the perpetuator of rape, how do we think the court system is going to support a survivor? If everything you have's narrative is this does not matter. The social narrative needs to change. The justice system needs to change. And it's a lot of changing all at one time. It is a lot of change. Trust me. I know I'm sitting here on my bed recording this episode. Like, I have the answers for y'all. I really don't. But what I wanted to just say is, like, we have to, for my people out there who are doing the work, we have to keep doing the work. For the people out there who are afraid to do the work, like, you're afraid to make people uncomfortable, I'm sorry. It's already been uncomfortable. You know what's uncomfortable? What's uncomfortable is being, going to work and not being able to, cl- to to not go into work because you're triggered of the fact that you keep seeing black people getting killed. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. Being depressed for people that you've never met in person, but every time you see their story pop up on the news, you see yourself. That's, that's a lot. That's hard. It's hard hearing your friends, especially your, your guy friends, afraid for their, literally afraid for their lives because they know that they might be taller or they know they live in a certain area or they know that they just like to enjoy life. And that might be the very thing that ends it. It's hard. It's just really hard. And I think we all need to stop making it harder for the ones around us. If you are in a space where you know this is wrong, if you are in a space where you know institutional racism, racism as a, every every ism, these, this racism needs to end, then it's time to pull up. It is time to acknowledge the anti-blackness maybe in yourself or in your family. It is time to stop being scared to share the Facebook post and tell your auntie at you know Thanksgiving that she racist and she needs to really change. Because guess what? Why do we want people sitting at our tables that don't support the way, you know, we we think and the lifestyle that we know is right? Trust me. I, I Like I said, I got called racist the other day for calling out white entitlement. You think everybody I speak to w- agrees with what I say? You think I haven't gotten into arguments or debates with people? It's hard. It's really hard. And I think the last point I would like to leave it on, and I remember seeing this said so a long time ago. But I want to reiterate it. Like when I mean long time ago, I mean years. There was a time to be woke. But now is not that time. I feel like a good amount of us are woke. I feel like a good amount of people know. They, we're aware, right? Being woke is knowing the information. It's obtaining the research. It's understanding what's happening. happening. Taking action is the next step. And it's time for us to take action. It is time for all of us to take action. So, like I said, this was an episode, although I had notes written down, it was pretty much just off the top of my head because it's been a whirlwind, y'all. Like, I've cried a lot because it's very sad. But if you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something from this episode, if you feel like this episode said what you didn't have the word to say, or maybe for my folks or not you, in that space yet, like I said, to speak out, even though I'm telling you it is okay, it is needed, please do it. You leave a comment, share this video, subscribe to my podcast, and let me know what you think. Because I, I like I said, I think we need to start having these convos a lot more. So thank you. Again, you can follow us at, as I was saying, podcast on IG. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Leave a review because it makes me feel better. No, on a serious note though, read a review. That way anyone that comes by know this episode and, you know, the podcast as a whole is lit and you enjoy it. And be sure to share it with a friend. Thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you. I keep saying see. Oh my god, it's a podcast. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.